Thanks so much for joining us for the New Life Rabina podcast. New Life Church is one family, many churches, and we exist to simply see more people more like Jesus by planting and leading thriving local churches. We pray that this message is a blessing. Lord, I thank You that You're moving in this room already, God. I just thank You for the way You're stirring this amazing church. I thank You for each life here. I thank You for each person that calls New Life home. And I just pray this morning in the time that we have left, Lord, that You would speak through Your Word, that You would be speaking to hearts. Lord, I thank You that we would leave this place refreshed, Lord, renewed. Lord, I thank You for Your presence that that strengthens us, Your Word that speaks to us. We give You all of the glory. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you so much, guys. Bless you. You can be seated. Hey, I'm going to preach an abridged version of my message because we, I wanted to take that time. But this morning I wanted to preach to you guys. I spoke to the 8am and speak again from Mark 7. So if you have your Bibles with you, why don't you turn with us there? I think it's going to be on the screen as well, but we're going to dive straight in. It's Mark 7 and we're jumping in at verse 24 and it's the Seraphonician woman. It's an amazing passage. So from there, Jesus arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon and He entered a house and did not want anyone to know, yet He could not be hidden. And immediately a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit heard of Him and came and fell at His feet. Now the woman was a Gentile, a Seraphonician by birth, and she begged Him to cast the demon out of her daughter. And He said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Savage. But she answered Him, Yes, Lord. But even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And He said to her, For this statement you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. And she went home and found the child lying in bed and the demon gone. This is such a remarkable passage of incredible faith. I want to give you a little bit of context. So Jesus has been working and working miracles in the previous chapter. He just fed 5,000 people. I don't know if anyone served yesterday at conference. This place was full and, it, and it's a little bit tiring when you're, when you're hosting and, and ministering to people. Well, Jesus had, had fed 5,000 and they'd been ministering. And so He was away on a retreat with the disciples. He'd gone to stay in a house where He was trying to be hidden. But this woman... Who, some, who scholars say was triple, triple marginalised. She was a woman, which in that society meant she was um, not to be on equal terms, to be turning up and knocking on the door unannounced to the teacher's house. She's a woman. She was a Gentile and she was a Seraphonician, which she, wasn't, she was a foreigner. She wasn't local. Um, the, 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 the Phoenicians... Seraphonician region people were from um, the descendants of the Canaanites in the Old Testament and they lived in city-states all around the Mediterranean. So she was not a local, she's a Gentile and she's a woman and she turns up with incredible faith. But it would have taken a lot of bravery to be standing at the door. I'm, I'm not in the habit of turning up at pastors or teachers or prophets' houses unannounced just knocking saying, hello, I'm here. But she, she does and and we see great faith and we see great faith in, in, the, in, in where she could have taken offence where Jesus 
This is a pretty strong word. So we're going to talk about that in a minute. But I just want to pull out three, three lessons I think that we can take from this woman who's even, she's unnamed, but how amazing that 2,000 years later we're, we're reading about her faith and being blessed by it. But the first point that I want to pull out from this passage and from this woman is that faith comes by hearing. Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. So as we read the Word of God, as we read testimonies and Scripture, as we read about Jesus and His ministering and His moving, we, we actually begin to have our faith rise as we hear it. But we also have our faith rise when we hear one another's testimonies. I don't have time to tell as many stories in this service, but I wanna encourage you this morning that share your testimonies, share how God is working in your life, share the good things He's doing. We're so quick to talk about our grumblings and our frustrations, our grievances, the moments where we have poor customer service or our our bad day or our frustrating relative or these different and real real life situations. But I just encourage you, faith comes by hearing. And so let's build each other's faith as we share what God's doing in our life. I just want to share one story. When I was 15, I heard I heard my faith began to stir as I heard testimonies of people hearing from God and receiving um, words for other people. And so I I remember being brave with some friends and, and a youth leader and, and spending some time in prayer and, and writing down in a notebook um, words that I felt, pictures that I felt like God was giving me. And then we went to the shops and we'd try to practice, I guess, hearing God and and sharing that. And it's really scary. It can be nerve wracking. Um, But this was when I was 15 and I was just starting out. And so God gave me this picture and He said, cotton on, yellow t-shirt and scar across left shoulder. Very specific. And I went to cotton on and I couldn't see anyone in a yellow t-shirt. So I was like, guess I'm off the hook. (laughs) Just do some shopping. Um, <laughs> anybody else <laughs> when God wants you to do something but but then right before we I actually did do some shopping for a while but right before we left I was like I'll go quickly check just make sure that there's no one there and then I can go but I went in and I saw a man in a yellow t-shirt so I was like okay gotta go talk to him so I walked up um and I said hello this might sound crazy, but before I came to the shops, I was praying. I'm, I'm a Christian and I felt God say to come to Cotton Island, look for a man in a yellow t-shirt. Do you by any chance have a, le- a scar on your left shoulder? And he looks at me, lifts up his t-shirt and there's this big scar all the way across his shoulder. And he's like, whoa, how, like, how did you know that? And I just said, yeah, I was just praying. And and I felt like God highlighted you to me and, and he able to, he shared that he'd actually grew, grown up in church. He was an islander and he'd grown up in, in church, but he'd been away from God for a number of years. And and in that moment, we were able to pray right there in that shop. And my, my youth leader came over because let's be real, I was 15. So I did my bit and then I was like, what do I do now? So the leader came over and was like, we're going to pray. And I was like, thank you, Steve. And so we prayed. But I just, I, what I want to highlight is I wouldn't have done that if I hadn't heard testimonies of other people hearing God like that. And so let's be people that willingly share about how God is moving in our lives and and share the different ways that He's speaking to us, the ways that maybe He's providing for us or He's moving in our families or He's answering prayer. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God, but it also comes by our testimony. So we see that with this woman where she heard these rumours of Jesus in the region and she and her faith rose. Then the second point that I want to draw out today from the text is that faith comes through action 
The text says immediately she came and fell at Jesus's feet. She turned up. Like there's a there's a number of actions. She hears she hears about God. She hears about Jesus, the Son of God, God feeding the people. And so she goes, okay, I I want a miracle. I'm gonna I'm gonna go turn up. That's an action to like find the house, turn up, knock at the house, and then fell. She fell at his feet. And I think yesterday we were talking about renewal in worship and I was speaking about what I feel like God wants to do in this through this house in this region and I feel like he is stirring new life to have greater faith and expectancy for what God can do in corporate worship services that he actually wants to to stir your faith and what he can do in your life during the week that you would actually begin to to take the faith action to partner with him to see the fullness of what he wants to do I want to give you a couple of examples from Scripture where we see this faith manifesting itself through our action, where we partner with God. So we see it in the Old Testament. We see in 2 Kings 5, there's so many examples. I've just picked a couple because it's it, when you start looking for this stuff, you just see it all through Scripture. But these are just a few. 2 Kings 5, we see Elisha say to Naaman, dip seven times in the Jordan. That is an action. Everybody say action. action. Everybody say it a little bit louder. One, two, three. Hey, oh, we're awake. Okay, number two, we see John 5, 8. Jesus says, pick up your mat and walk. That is an? Matthew 12, 13, we see Jesus again. He says, stretch out your hand, with which is an? Matthew 14, 29, Jesus is talking to Peter and He says, step out of the boat, Peter. That is a? In Luke 5, 19, we see a crazy action where the faith of some young guys, imagine if at conference yesterday, you know, it's packed. Imagine if it was like so packed that the team had to say, I'm so sorry, we are dangerously at risk of a fire hazard. You cannot come in. We, we've had to close off the doors. And so there's a crew of young adults that are so desperate for the healing of their friend that they climb on the roof and they make a hole and they send their friend down through the roof. Like that's an operational nightmare. The ops team, like they would be solving problems, putting out fires and right, that's pretty stressful. But that is a strong action of faith. You know, we're saved by grace through faith, right? It's, it's His grace. It's not by works that no man can boast. It's God who does the saving. And it's God, I believe that, this woman's daughter was delivered of the demon by grace through faith. I think we see miracles where we actually see God ministering and it's His grace, it's His free gift, but it's by grace through faith. There's this part where we actually engage our faith, our belief, and there's often a practical response. Look through the Gospels, study it at home, look and see, but you see God, Jesus actually wanting a response from the person, actually wanting an action. And I feel like this morning He's saying, New Life, I'm I'm asking for an, an action from you that your faith would actually begin to look like something, that it would actually sing out loudly, that it would actually take this step of faith and pray for a person at work, that it would actually be bold and, and to share, share the Gospel with that co-worker that maybe you've been hesitating sharing with or, or bringing up your faith with that family member that it, you've just been, avo- you've been avoiding it because it's uncomfortable. He's saying, actually, I want your, I want your faith to be in engaging and actually showing up in an action. Can I grab the band? I know that you guys all just left, but come back again. Um, I want to just share a story on this one. I recently, we, we 
received a message from um, a band in the United States and they sent a message to our church band and they said they wanted to um, catch up and and there's been different words over my life and over our, our church for worship and um, and ministry and songs and but there is a faith action required for us to step through the door of some of the opportunities that come. If I just said like, yes, Lord, I thank You for the words about worship and songs and the nations. I thank You for all that. But when, for example, when Pastor Mike says, um, hey, Jess, would you want to come speak at New Life Conference? I think, um, actually, I'd probably rather just cuddle my dogs. I have six chickens. I'll cuddle my chickens. Like, actually, I'm just going to just, I absolutely believe that God is going to do amazing things to me, but I'm just going to stay at home where it's comfortable cuddling my chicken. I'll just probably stay in bed and read a book. Like, I'm not going to see what God's asking and what He's promising to me because I'm not taking the action to walk through the door. I don't know if you're with me. I think you might disagree, but I'm just going to say it anyway. I believe that there's stuff over this church, there's stuff over your, there's offers over your life, there's things that He's saying, hey, I have this in store for you. Would you step through the door? Would you step through the door with that message? We we had to take a leap of faith. Our senior pastor booked flights. We went to Nashville and we were riding with different riders, but initially stepping through that, when we first agreed to, to kind of go, on that trip, it was a leap of faith. We were like, oh, what a, well, this is crazy. We're going for one meeting. But as we took that leap of faith, the whole meeting schedule filled right up and, and we could just see God's hand on it. He's looking for a people that are not afraid to step through the door and stretch out their hand, pick up their mat, turn up to, the, to, to Jesus's door and knock. And my third point this morning that we take from this amazing Seraphonician woman and her faith is that faith overcomes offence. She turns up, she's in a vulnerable position and Jesus says, let the children be fed first for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Commentators, one commentator writes that Jesus softened the normal word for dogs to the diminutive, which is little dogs, which made it a little bit more affectionate. But I don't know, I just think whichever way you cut it, dog or little dog, I don't know. I don't know if you, how would you feel? Little dog. <laughs> uh, sorry, I, no healing for you today. Little dog. I'm still not stoked. I still find it a lot. But she persisted in humility and faith. Even when it didn't, the outcome wasn't looking like what she wanted. I want to get really honest and vulnerable and share with you guys. Two years ago, I, my husband and I, we've been married for seven and a half years. And for four and a half of those years, we've been trying for children. And two years ago, we were in the middle of one of our rounds of IVF. And um, it was actually the very beginning of the IVF journey for us. And I had for three years been really wrestling with doing IVF. And I felt a little bit like that woman who probably had a few things stacked against her being even being at the door asking for this. And so I, I had really wrestled and I didn't really want to do it because I, I would would it, I, I still would prefer just a natural miracle. But I, I felt to do it. So we, we turned up, we did IVF. I went through quite a painful procedure. And then the next day I was awaiting a call from the scientist to find out how many embryos we had. And I, I, 
I knew that statistically, the you know, you don't, not all of them would survive. They had collected 10 eggs. And so I was just hoping for like three to six. Um, but I got the call from the scientist and I was in the middle of a Westfield shopping center. I was shopping for shorts and I had a teriyaki sushi. Um, it was like hot teriyaki and I was like dipped in mayo and it was halfway through. It's a very vivid memory, I just remember. I was chewing it down and I picked up the phone call and the scientist said, oh, sorry, none of them survived. That's it. Next round doesn't start till next year. And I was shattered and I was offended with God. I was like, it took a lot. <laughs> it took a lot. To, I think it was three years maybe at that point. It took a lot to turn up here and to have it all kind of crash down. I kind of felt like the woman at the door. And in that, that, that week, in my Bible reading, I read that pas- passage in, I think it's Matthew 11. I read that passage where John the Baptist is in prison and he sends his disciples to Jesus. And he sends the disciples and they, and they bring a message from John. And John is not, he's not a faithless man. He was, he was the man out in the wilderness proclaiming like, here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He was out there with his camel clothes and his locusts and he was preaching the gospel. He was, you know, pre- prepare you the way of the Lord for Jesus, right? This is Jesus's cousin. He'd, he would, would have seen the miracles. He would have seen what, what Jesus was called to do. But now he's in prison and he's on death row. And he's, he's feeling like, he's feeling that tug of offence. And Jesus, this is what Jesus says, His reply to send back to John is, He says, tell, tell my cousin this, the blind are seeing, the deaf are hearing, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. And I read that two years ago and that passage had never hit me so hard. And I felt the Lord say, Jess, blessed is the one who is not offended by me. The blind are seeing, the deaf are hearing. Blessed is the one who is not offended by me. The blind are seeing, the deaf are hearing. The story hasn't changed. Who I am hasn't changed. And I really feel like today, what God wants to do with the few moments that we have left of this service, I feel like there's some people that He wants to minister to and He wants to remove some of that offence that we might have towards God because of disappointments. Maybe you feel like the woman who's come knocking at the door and you feel like maybe God said, I cannot feed you (laughs) the bread. And, and actually maybe there's a little part of your heart that actually dis, dis, that just went a little bit hard and maybe felt tempted to doubt, like, Lord, are You the one or should I look for another? Or maybe you didn't, you didn't go as far as John to say, Lord, are You the one, should I look for another? But maybe you just wanted to ditch the blind of seeing, deaf of hearing. You're like, well... I don't know, if he, if he can't do it in this circumstance, I'm not really confident to be praying for it in other people's lives and be believing. But I feel like today He wants to give renewed faith that actually He is still who He says He is, despite maybe areas of disappointments, despite areas where it feels like He may not have come through. 
I know personally for me, I wanna be a person that even in the waiting, even if He never comes through in my life, that I wouldn't stop proclaiming the blind are seeing, the deaf are hearing, God is moving, God is reviving His church. People are coming to know Him. He is healing people's bodies. He is transforming people's lives. That's who He is. And I feel like today he's, there's an invitation. He's saying, I wanna give you guys faith that overcomes offence, an unoffendable faith. Why don't you guys stand? We're just gonna sing for just one more moment, maybe one minute. And then I just wanna give you guys an opportunity to respond to this today if that's, that's speaking to you. But let's just sing together. Thanks again for listening to the New Life Podcast. If that stirred something within you or you'd like prayer, you can head to church.nu forward slash prayer or contact us through our Instagram or Facebook page. We pray that you have a great week. Be blessed.